two days away. That's right. College basketball season starts on Monday, and I think I can speak for a lot of you listening and for the vast majority of college basketball fans when I say that I'm actually looking forward to a Monday for once. Because that's when the wild ride of the college basketball season, that's when it all begins. And I'll set the table for you now and do a little recap, if you will, of recent exhibition games that all these Big East teams have partaken in here on this episode of the Igloo. Today's November 5th. Get to turn the clocks back late tonight. So, lot to look forward to. More sleep, good thing. Bad thing, though, sunset before 5, awful. So, let's take a look now at what's been going on in terms of the exhibition slates that we've been seeing. Well, Butler looked really sharp in their exhibition games. They... Beat. I mean, Tiffin. On the other hand, I mean, they just they dispatched of Davenport with ease, ninety-one fifty-five on Tuesday. Big second half was what propelled them to a win. Some guys that stood out. I mean, Chuck Harris looking like that dude with twenty-two points in this game. Seamus Lukosius has a legit chance to potentially win most improved in the Big East. He had fifteen points. Dozen each for Jaden Taylor, Manny Bates. Eric Hunter had 10 points, and then Miles Tate with 8. I mean, not a lot of players played in this game for Butler. I mean, they only had 9 that they played, and then they barely got by Tiffin a week ago. Give credit to Tiffin for hanging in. And this was interesting. Seamus Lukosius in this game is really good. 20 points off the bench. Chuck Harris struggled with seven. Eric Hunter, Manny Bates, the transfers that you heard from the biggest media today, they looked really good. Hunter with 17. Bates with 16. So that was what happened with Butler. Moving on to UConn. I don't think they had any exhibitions. They did not. Um, I did mention Creighton on the last episode. They had an exhibition against Drury not too long ago. And they pounded them 109 to 57. I mean, they looked scary. Looking at some of the stats here, there was a really well-balanced effort. They had six different players in double figures. Arthur Kaluma was 17. Kalkbrenner was 16. Trey Alexander, Baylor Shireman with 15 and 14 respectively. Shireman had a double-double with 10 boards. Oh, and he also dropped seven dimes. 26 assists on 41 made field goals. That's impressive. And they, not to mention they dropped 61 in the first half, 48 in the second half, only allowed, allowed 19 points in that second half. 
So, I mean, I know, again, exhibitions, you don't try to make too much of it. But, I mean, they looked scary good in that game against Drury. Meanwhile, DePaul, they played Tuesday in an exhibition with Marion. They crushed them. They hit the century mark with 104 points, and you had everybody score, and I'm counting how many, every again, everyone scored. I think you had 14 players play, all of them scored. On Genda with 16, Jalen Terry with 13, 12 for Deshaun Nelson off the bench. Some guys didn't really look as great as expected. You know, Umoja, Umoja Gibson, I mean, he only took five shots, all from three-point range, but he made two of them. 40% is a good clip. And they went nine for 21 from three. And we're over 50, 50% from the field. Could use some work on the free throws, though, just 50%. Yuck. Obviously, got a lot of time to improve that. No exhibitions for Georgetown. I know Seton... I may I may be getting ahead of myself. I know no exhibitions for Marquette. I know Providence played multiple exhibitions. And those two exhibitions, I mean they played them both. You know a while back at the, the most recent one being a week ago today. They beat American International 99-57, then they won 106-69 to over Assumption. A lot to be happy about with certain players. Rafael Castro against AIC. Richard Freshman with 18. 8 of 8 from the floor made his only 3-point attempt. Bryce Hopkins transferred with 14 points. 10 for Noah Locke, another transfer. Jaden Pierre, a freshman, with had 10 points off the bench. Devin Carter at 9. Croswell with 8. Bynum only at 6. But, you know, you're definitely encouraged by a lot of the transfers. Include, you know, Clifton Moore and Corey Floyd Jr. each had 8 off the bench. And then in the game against Assumption, again, they... Hit the century mark. Offense looks sharp. But again, this exhibition games. Don't read into it too much. Ed Croswell back to his efficient self with 18 points. 7 of 7 from the field. 8 rebounds too. Bryce Hopkins has 17 points. 7-11 for the floor. 3 for 4 from behind the arc. Jared Bynum. Bounce back game with 15 points. Devin Carter with 13. Clifton Moore with a dozen off the bench. Alan Breed. With 11, much better than he played in the other exhibition. Seton Hall, no exhibitions. I know St. John's, I mentioned with the uh, missed graphic and a lot of wrong about that graphic. But they played two exhibitions. 85-55 win over Adelphi. 82-41 win over SNHU. Against Adelphi... Really well-balanced effort. Six players in double figures. Soriano with 13. 12 for Omar Stanley. 10 for David Jones. Bosch Alexander really didn't play a lot in this game. A.J. Storr, the freshman with 13. 5 of 9 from the floor. 2 for 3 from behind the arc. Andre Curbelo, pretty solid with a dozen points on 6 of 9 from the floor. Montez Mathis, 
10 points, 2 for 2 from deep, 4 or 5 from the floor. And then against SNHU, those Penn men, they also, six, 6 players in double figures. 14 for Soriano, 13 for Mathis, 11 for Posh this time around. David Jones didn't have his best stuff. 3 for 12 from the floor, 0 for 6 from deep. But 11 points each from Dylan Aday, Wusu, and Colby King. 10 points from Andre Curbelo. And then, I'm not sure Villanova had any exhibitions. They did not. And I know Xavier did. And But here's the thing. They didn't look great against Kentucky Wesleyan. They started off, I mean, at halftime, they were only up a point. But they pull away and win by 18. And they only hold Kentucky Wesleyan to 18 points in the second half. Looking at the box score now. Four of the five starters in double figures. Fremantle, 22-13 and 13 with five assists. Colby Jones, 14 points, six dimes. 11 each from Desmond Claude and Jack Nunji. Nunji was a rebound away from a double-double, by the way. Sule Boom with 7 points and 4 assists. 9 off the bench for Jerome Hunter. 5 from Kiki Tandy. So again, it wasn't pretty, but their defense really tightened up in the second half. So yeah, you're encouraged by that. Now, looking ahead to the women... Just to refresh you on just what's happening, Butler, they took down Benedictine today, 86-31. to 31. So, there was that. I don't think UConn, the UConn women didn't have an exhibition. I feel like there weren't as many exhibitions on the women's side. But as I look around now, the Creighton... Creighton women had two exhibitions. They held Missouri Western and Truman State to just 34 points. 91 in the Missouri Western game. 97 in the win over Truman State. Gotta like Morgan Molly and Lauren Jensen combining for 40 points in that one. And then against Truman State. Just a well-balanced team effort. And they were up 23-3 to after one. Definitely showing that they deserve to be a preseason top 25 team. Checking in at number 21. And they're going to open up Monday against another ranked team. Number 23, South Dakota State. Meanwhile, DePaul, I know they played a charity exhibition last week against Texas down in Austin. And Texas took it to them. They won 105 to 62 for the Blue Demons. Anissa Morrow, no surprise, a double double for the sophomore and reigning freshman of the year. 20 points, 16 boards, and then the only other Blue Demon in double figures was Anai Peoples. She had 14. They were just 21 of 65 from the floor, two for 24 from deep. Yeah, not ideal. And then Texas had four four of their five stars in double figures, five players total. And no, ironically, Sonia Morris, the former Blue Demon, led 
the Longhorns with 21 points. And then they got 20 from Aaliyah Moore, 18 from Deanna Gaston, 15 from Shaylee Gonzalez, and then 11 from Khadijah Faye. But yeah, that was uh, not a good result if you're DePaul. But listen, you got to shake it off, you know, get ready for that season opener on Wednesday. Georgetown, no exhibition games there. Marquette. Some's telling me that they did. Maybe they didn't. I, I don't. I don't know. And again, I'm trying to pull this up, and my Wi-Fi is being very uncooperative. I think they're not sure if their Wi-Fi was at the um, if their maybe their network was down. I think I finally got it. No exhibitions for the Golden Eagles. I feel like Providence played an exhibition. I really feel like they did. Well, they they did not. I know Seton Hall did because I was following along. So that exhibition was Thursday against St. Thomas Aquinas. And they won 101-51. to a lot to like. Double doubles for LPL, Alexia Lesh, and Maya Bembry. And then LPL and Xavier transfer Kay Satterfield each had 18 points. And then just looking around. Something crazy. Alesh was she she her plus minus was plus forty seven. So pirates open up Monday, and I will get to that in a little bit. Not sure. If, I feel like Georgetown, no, no, St. John's. Excuse me. They didn't have an exhibition. Did now I'm questioning if Villanova did. Not sure. Yes, they did. They played Jefferson, and they won that game going away 86-42. Led 36-15 at the half. Maddie Segrist, 21 points with six boards and five assists. Really well-balanced game. Brooke Mullen, 18 points, 7 of 12 from the floor. Lucy Olsen with with a, a dozen. Maddie Burke. Penn State transfer with 10 points, 5 assists, 3 steals. And the Cats, they'll open up with uh, Maddie Seacrest's homecoming to Poughkeepsie as uh, they take on Marist. And then for Xavier, the preseason dead last team. Uh, No exhibitions there, so without further ado, let's get you ready for opening night. So let's start with the men. Huge slate on Monday night with um, around the horn coverage on FS1. I mean, let's be real. All all of these teams playing Monday night are going to win. Villanova's going to beat LaSalle. 
Butler's going to beat New Orleans. St. John's over Merrimack. Xavier winning. UConn winning. DePaul, Creighton, and Marquette. And just, I don't think I got to tell you twice. Tuesday, Providence opens up with Ryder. They'll take care of business there. Georgetown, I, they should, and I think they will beat Coppin State. And then Wednesday, Seton Hall opens up against in-state rival Mammoth at home. I think they'll take care of business there. And then, uh, just looking ahead to Thursday, uh, Marquette back in action against Central Michigan. They should win that game, and then Creighton will face North Dakota. And by the way, I should mention the other opponents. You know, UConn, Xavier's got Morgan State at home. UConn's got Stonehill. DePaul's got Loyola, Maryland. Creighton's got St. Thomas. And Marquette has Radford. And then on the women's side, these games are a little bit trickier. Because there are a couple games where, I mean, you have a ranked game with Creighton taking on South Dakota State. 21 versus 23. I'll get to that in a bit. First off, Monmouth St. John's, 1 o'clock tip at Carnesecca. Johnny's got that one in the bag. Marquette, they'll take care of business against FDU in their opener at home. Georgetown, more than they'll, they'll handle business against Salem, which is a non-D1 team. This one's a little tricky. Xavier, Miami, Ohio. 6 o'clock in Oxford, Ohio. Last year, the Red Hawks were not very good. They ended the season really poorly. I mean, Xavier did too. I mean, Xavier wasn't great at the end too. I mean, but again, they lost. and They dismissed Satterfield and Clark from the team in February. So, understandably so, they struggled. But Miami, Ohio, and the MAC, I mean, they've lost their last five games to end the year. I think Xavier, while they are the preseason favorite to finish dead last, I do think they will win this road game. It's not that far of a trip, but Xavier, I think, will beat the Red Hawks here. 7 o'clock. Uh, 7 o'clock slate, you got three games. You got easy one, Seton Hall over St. Peter's, without a doubt. Villanova at Marist. Marist, I mean, there was a time where Marist was really, really good, but obviously that has changed in recent years. And Villanova, listen, Maddie Segrist playing back at home in Poughkeepsie. She, I think she's going to have a field day. She's going to look really good in her season opener. Give me the Cats winning at Marist. Dayton at Providence. Listen, the Flyers were the best team in the A-10 a year ago, and they dismantled DePaul in the first four last year before falling to Georgia in the NCAA tournament. Providence, I think they're, they're going to have their hands full. They didn't really finish the season very strong at all. What I'm really looking to see, and Jim Crowley even said it, you know, they can't carelessly turn the ball over if they expect to be a good team and be competitive against teams like Dayton. I'm intrigued to see how they're going to patch up the turnovers and careless basketball and not doing the little things. But I think Providence, I will give them credit where it's due. They will put up a fight in this game, but I think Dayton will ultimately pull it out of Alumni Hall. And then this is interesting. Creighton at South Dakota State. I don't think South Dakota State lost a single game at home last year. 
And that that was on their way to a WNIT title in which they dismantled Seton Hall in the final. Creighton's the higher ranked team, and I'm really intrigued to see what South Dakota State's going to bring to the table. They have a lot of players, they have a decent amount of players that are still coming back from their WNIT championship team. They are relatively young. They have not not too many seniors, just three seniors from what I can read. But those three seniors were driving forces for their WNIT title. I may be biased, but South Dakota State, they really haven't faced a team like Creighton in their home gym. Last year, the Blue Jays knocked off the Jackrabbits in Omaha. And Creighton, with how they're built and how much they have coming back, that makes such a huge difference when you have four of your starting five coming back with the only player lost, again, Tatum Rembaugh. But you return everyone else from the starting lineup. Carly Batchelor, Lauren Jensen, Morgan Molly, Emma Ronzik. And then just the bench is still loaded with Morgan Molly. Molly Mogensen. I mean, this is a junior-driven team. That junior class is really, really freaking good. And you know what? Give me the Blue Jays winning in Brookings. And then Wednesday, Butler and DePaul open up their seasons. I got the Bulldogs beating Chicago State. And then I got DePaul handling American pretty well. And then Thursday, you're going to have two more teams opening up the season. UConn, 6th. Ranked team in the country, opening up at home against Northeastern. They'll handle business at Gamble. Xavier, I think they should and will beat Detroit Mercy at home in their regular season over. And then Creighton, it doesn't get much easier. They got to go to South Dakota, who the Coyotes were a Sweet 16 team a year ago. Also, like Creighton, as a 10 seed. But South Dakota, I mean, they lost several very important players to the portal. And I think, obviously, that's going to hurt the Coyotes here. And I really believe, at the bare minimum, Creighton will split. That's I think the worst they can do is split. They've had trouble on the road in non-conference play, I think, but they I think they bucked that trend to end their non-con a year ago when they went on the road and just manhandled Arkansas in Fayetteville. So you know what? I'm trusting my gut. I'm gonna The only one I'm shaky about is the first one against South Dakota State. Because that home crowd in Brookings, South Dakota, because they most likely have nothing better to do made a huge difference in leading them to the WNIT title where they beat some pretty good teams, and obviously Seton Hall being one of them, even before that, UCLA. So, 
the way I see it, I think Creighton will go 2-0, but if there's any game they're going to lose, I don't think they're going to lose at South Dakota. I think they, there's a chance, and I'm 50-50 on this, against South Dakota State. But, like I said, I think it should be a relatively smooth week for the Biggies where you might have a couple hiccups, where and the losses that you will see most likely... Like I said, Dayton over Providence on the women's side, even South Dakota State over Creighton, really shouldn't be surprising. So, I hope you got your appetite for college basketball ready, because I'm hungry as hell for hoops starting on Monday, and I hope you are too. That does it for this episode of the Igloo. Thanks for tuning in. I know that it's going to be weird posting this in the middle of a college football Saturday, but who gives a shit? We got college basketball that's going to be played Regular season stuff on Monday for the first time in seven months. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you are too. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you sometime next week.